3: Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.
1: Hey, I went in there, I about threw up. All right? I have a little bit more uh, social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right? Welcome back to another episode of Butting Heads from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, the Rams are coming off uh, a much-needed bye week. Uh, Looking forward to seeing their first game they've played in two weeks. uh, Coming up on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. It's good stuff, man. I enjoyed not not having to worry about the Rams playing on Sunday.
4: Yeah, because clearly they didn't show up to play anyway. So (laughs) let's get started, Uh, Arizona, you know let's let's actually see a football game you,
1: you didn't you didn't click on the wrong podcast uh that was a joke i don't know if it was funny but anyways yeah a really uh really not fun rams game i mean this game was fun there were 60 minutes of play time and i had a good time for about five of them uh which was a great five minutes uh and a really fucking miserable other 55 minutes uh the rams obviously losing a divisional matchup against the San Francisco 49ers on a game-winning field goal against their backup quarterback their backup running backup ish he's not their backup running back uh missing a receiver missing their tight end missing half their defense uh the Rams in pretty good help I mean they were missing Micah Kaiser and Taylor Rapp and Andrew Atworth I suppose but uh Certainly in better health health than San Francisco is. And we lost to them for the fourth straight time. So, uh, dandy. And I got to say, Johnny, I mean, we've lost to the 49ers four straight times. And outside of that shootout near the end of the year last year where they were really good and we weren't, the other three were fucking horrible losses. Like, really demoralizing, uh, devastating losses.
4: You're not wrong there, Steve. I I feel like, you know, when, when you have a talented team like the 49ers, like they were last year, it's a little bit easier pill to swallow. This year, while they still have some talent left on the team, they're a banged-up 49ers team. This is not the same 49ers team that went to the Super Bowl last year. And it, it just shows in their record and everything. Now that's not to say that they can't play the Rams tough because you know no no matter what I feel like division rivals will always play each other tough and this is no different but I think the more demoralizing aspect of this game is that the Rams literally gave this game away and we'll get into that a little bit later but you couldn't have the the 49ers couldn't have asked for a better christmas present and uh christmas came early for them.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and look I mean it, it it is divisional games. Uh the 49ers they while they're missing a lot of guys, they still have some guys, but like like come on man. Like do you think in 2012 when we beat the, f- the 49ers uh with Sam Bradford that they were coming on to the podcast to their 49ers podcast or talk radio whatever it is uh, a team that wants to be in the super Bowl losing to a team that will not be might not be in the playoffs uh, i doubt they were coming out of their podcast being like well it's a divisional game no big deal like it's yes divisional games are weird and funky stuff happens but like if in <laughs> obviously big picture the Rams are seven and four they're gonna be in the playoffs anything can happen in the playoffs but like this is not a loss that we should be sitting here thinking like, oh well, like it's just a divisional game. It's no big deal. Like it's kind of a big fucking deal, man, uh how, how embarrassing this game was, how they lost, uh, the concerns of why they lost. I, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna break it down, but this is uh it, like like it's not a, it's not a game they should have ever lost. Like they had chance... even beyond their mistakes, they had plenty of chances to extend leads or take leads or push the game forward and they just didn't man it was just really tough to watch it's not like the Miami game where it's like well they had four turnovers Miami didn't really turn the ball over like it is what it is like my in that game Miami scored all of their points pretty much off turnovers the 49ers scored once off of the Rams four turnovers in this game and it was a pick six it was obviously a huge Uh, consequential consequential play but it's not like the Miami game where Goff turned the ball over they had it at the one yard line they scored like every time almost all their points came off turnovers in that game one of their 23 points in this game came off of turnovers so like when that happens when your offense turns the ball over and your defense actually answers the call right away and either gets another turnover to get you the ball back or makes the stops um it's yeah, the turnovers mattered, but still, given the full story of this game, not a game the Rams should have ever lost, and they did. The,
4: the funny thing is that when you go back and you look at this game, the Rams lost in so many multiple ways. Like, yes, turnovers were a huge factor. Well, actually, no, I take that back. Turnovers, while, yeah, they mattered in terms of uh, – you know momentum and team morale it wasn't in at least in the stat sheet all that different as steve mentioned they didn't capitalize much off of the turnovers other than that pick 6 so when you so when you break it down it all comes down to how they actually played offensively defensively they played fucking amazing you know, considering that they turned over the ball as much as they did, and nothing really came of it, that that says a lot. Because when Malcolm Brown fumbled the f- uh, football early in the first, it was the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Correct?
1: I, I believe so. Yeah, it was pretty early.
4: Yeah. So when he fumbled in the first uh, first quarter, first first not that that could have easily...
1: first drive of the game, he fumbled.
4: Ah, well, there you go. First drive of the game. Uh, <laughs> that could have been devastating. They could have scored right then and there. Uh, ended up getting an interception of their own, and you know it's like the turnover never happened. So it's not necessarily the turnovers that decided this game. What decided this game was how handled their um, how they handled their possessions. So Steve. Do you happen to know, out of the 10 possessions that the Rams had in this game, how many of them were three and outs?
1: Oh, that I actually don't know. I I saw a stat that we punted on, I think, seven of the 10 possessions. I would Mm -hmm. imagine,
4: like, five of them at least were three and outs. That's correct. Wow. 50%. 50% 50% of your offensive possessions are three and outs. New team is going to win off of that. If half the time your team is just punting after three terrible plays and that's exactly what happened in this game and one of the main reasons why they lost this football game which oddly enough they still barely lost by three points and that that makes it like the biggest kick to the nuts that you can get
1: and and that's what sucks man it's like there are there are games often where you lose by three points and it's like well you know what man like it was like look at the buffalo game i mean we shouldn't have lost that game because we shouldn't have been that horrible in the first half but in credit to the rams in this game too because similarly to the buffalo game albeit wildly different circumstances uh they did not fold I mean, that, that stretch at the end of the third quarter and the start of the fourth quarter where they scored, like, pretty much every point they scored in this game within a five-minute span, uh, th- that was all fucking awesome, man. That was really great, really impressive that that late into the game, into a game where they just, like, was so deflating every, pretty much every minute up until that. You bring it back, like they did in the Buffalo game, down 28-3, came roaring back. But in the Buffalo game, it was like, look, man, we came all the way back. We took the lead. Like everyone was firing all cylinders. Like shit happens. We they, the defense finally broke on the last drive of the game after like carrying the team back in the game. Like it is what it is. Like in against a good team too in Buffalo. Um, but this game, like, yeah, like the the three and outs, like it's insane. And we talked about the turnovers. They had four turnovers. One of them was a pick six, obviously. Uh, that in, in a way lost us the game, but one of many. Many factors, but like we responded to two of the, our own turnovers by forcing turnovers, so like the defense the defense played very good, I'm not going to say great, and we'll talk about them later, but very good good certainly good enough to win this game, but yeah, it's like you talk about the three and outs, and I think the most like demoralizing three and out was. Goff throws a pick late in the first quarter. Aaron Donald forces a... Um, oh, no, it was a, the Sebastian Joseph Day forced fumble on on Jeff Wilson. First first play. Um, or maybe it was. It actually was Donald, I think. Um, I actually don't remember, and honestly, I, I don't really care enough. But the next drive, the Rams, <laughs> the Rams get the ball on their own 48. They gain... Daryl Henderson has a bad run first play, second play. Uh, Robert Woods, short pass, eight yards. Third and three on San Francisco's 45 yard line in the first quarter. They throw an incomplete pass. They fucking punt from the San Francisco 45 on fourth and three. Like, I, I, there's, there's a lot of blame on the offensive side of the ball. Pretty much everyone deserves some blame, except I, like cam makers and maybe the receivers, uh, but like that sequence, man, is just fucking in- infuriating. Like we can't ki- we can't kick a field goal because we don't trust our kickers. I guess although um, Matt Gay had a really good game, good enough to make a sixty-two yarder. I don't think so, but if Greg Zerline was here. We certainly <laughs> would have tried it. Um, but not even to go for it, man. You have great field position. It's just like you should be able to trust your defense, and they do. I mean, I think they did in this game. That It was it was coming off of, you know, before the fumble, the drive before. San Francisco had a really nice 75-yard drive, which Nick Mullins should never have a 75-yard drive against this defense. But just like, come on, man. It's just oddly conservative play calling by Sean McBay in a situation like that. I mean, if you want take a shot deep, throw an interception. It doesn't even matter. It's, it's fourth down just like the, and the, it was, there were so many three and outs and so many punts. Uh, Johnny Hecker played too much in this game. He was punting too much. Just like to me, like we'll talk about the, the the negatives on the defense side of the ball, but, um, and there's not that many of them. Truth be told, this was, this was not their fault, but, like it, to me the game the game clearly falls on the shoulders of Sean McVeigh and Jericho. And it just like on it just to, collectively one of their worst performances is a duo ever. And I feel like that's not the first time we've said that this season.
4: Well, I, I absolutely agree with you and, and uh to tell you the truth, one of the things I feel like you know, I obviously the biggest bulk of the blame does go to Jared Goff and Sean McVeigh, they were indeed responsible for the, for the game getting out of hand, um, at least offensively anyway. So with that being said, there was a lot on offensively that, that just wasn't going their way. Like you said, you can probably give a pass to the receivers, to cam Akers. But the rest of the offense, I feel like, let everyone else down. So, like, for me, if, I, if in my opinion, if I'm Sean McVay, Jared Goff, and most of the offense, I would say an apology to the defense because the defense came to play clearly, wasn't perfect, but at least they looked alive out there. The offense didn't seem like it had a pulse, and that was the biggest issue of this game. So I, I really hope that there was an apology there because the defense really did show up.
1: Yeah, and and I will say this. Um the defense on the plus side they they really, really in a big way stepped up after every just blunder offensively from the offense. Um but that that being said, man, uh Nick Mullins had a seventy seven QB rating through for two hundred fifty two yards. I mean, like a lot of that was just on little devo samuel dumps but not perfect man against this offense you you should be playing a little better that your offense should be playing way better so like again not blaming the defense but for what you expect um it is disappoint it's it's much more disappointing to see Nick Mullins drive down the field for a game winning field goal in this game than it was to see Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense drive down the field on a game losing drive. I mean, that is not their fault again, but the second game went two of these four games, they've given up game losing drives at the end of the game, long lengthy drive, not, not long, but yardage wise lengthy. Um, so, I mean, I will say that minute. It was a little frustrating in that regard. Um, we, we differed on, on Debo Samuel's stats talking about before this game, but to me it felt like he was just torching us every time he touched the ball. And I don't – part of it's on the secondary, but a lot of these were just like short little pitches, like essentially handoffs uh, that they made look like passes. But the guy had 11 catches for 133 yards. Um, that was a big bulk of their offense – and it's just like that—that that stings, man. I mean, it again. Offense, probably ninety percent of the blame for this game. But it, it, you, you, you should not be letting Nick fucking Mullins drive fifty-six yards and set up a game-winning field goal. Um, they started the ball at the twenty-yard line. So it's not, I mean, it's not like they had great field position. Uh, Johnny Hecker had a great punt that unfortunately Cam Akers, or sorry, Van Jefferson shouldn't pin. Um, I mean, I don't really want to spend a ton of time on Van Jefferson's flaws as a gunner, but I don't think a second round rookie should be playing gunner. If you ask me, honestly, Johnny, a wide receiver, uh, I don't know why he's there, but I don't know, man. I I think overall it was a good good game for the defense, but they they bended and they didn't break. But like by the end of the game, they look like a psychic spoon. Like they were almost broken. Um, and it's a, it's if 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 we were if this was last week against Tampa Bay and I was saying these words about their performance, like yardage wise, all these things, I wouldn't feel the same. But this is not a good offense. This is a one of the worst current starting quarterbacks in the league, if not the worst. Um, And it just, it, it stings a little bit that they had a game winning drive against us again, not the reason we lost, but it just doesn't help clearly.
4: So uh, what you brought up, Steve was uh, Debo Samuel obviously had himself a game. Um, Steve actually informed me ahead of time because I knew he had some big plays. I wasn't, sure of his stats but having um 133 yards on 11 catches that's a pretty damn good game that being said all they really did was expose what the rams lack and that's inside linebackers now that's not to suggest that the cornerbacks or the secondary in general is without fault because obviously. They have jobs also, but they pretty much went after the weak point. There's a reason why you didn't see Nick Mullins, uh, you know, throwing the ball downfield too often, and you know they basically went with what teams have failed to really do all season long, and that was attack, you know, the the very small, <laughs> the very small side of the field, um, you know, not really relying too much on coverage in the secondary just, you know, attacking the weak point, which is the linebackers. And, hey, we were exposed, you know. Ha- having no Micah Kaiser there, you know, hurt a lot more than, you know, we probably would have realized. Uh, but <laughs> even Steve kind of pointed that out early in the game when a uh, reader missed some very key tackles and <laughs> –
1: Listen, it, listen just... man. I I will give Troy Creator Reader a little bit of credit here. Um he was getting destroyed oh. on the fir- the that first drive and the couple first plays. I actually thought he played okay after after the first couple drives, honestly. Um I mean at least for my expectations for the guy, which are not that high. Like There yeah. Yeah, but but like all things considered, I, I he he was getting eviscerated on that first drive. But he also should never be guarding Debo Samuel. Like in run defense, in in at least the second half, I actually thought he did a pretty good job. And um, I mean, that's all I'm looking for right now. He, but also at the same time, like he's a complete turnstile in pass defense. Um, which I mean, what do you expect? You know, like that he's not. He's a he's a run. I, I won't say stopping, but like a run containing linebacker. Um, and like, I, I, I didn't think he was too horrible after the the first couple drives where he was really bad, but at the same time, man, like this is who you're relying on. Like, I, I don't know what you expected, uh, with the linebacking core you assembled going into the season, as we've talked about at length, if you've listened to this podcast, uh, we've been concerned about it since March. And apparently the Rams, the Rams have never been concerned about it for some reason. And it's just in this game, like, you know I mean at least after on those first couple drives where they, they, San Francisco scored a touchdown on you have you have a little a little better inside linebacker play you, you might have had a different outcome uh, it, it's a little concerning there a lot a lot concerning you know when we get to the playoffs this is going to be something teams can clearly expose and one thing we've learned about San Francisco in the last few years is that nobody exposes us better than the San Francisco 49ers no matter what. What the record is, or what the roster looks like.
4: Uh, definitely not a maybe. It would have been, it would have been, <laughs> would have been a, a much better outcome had the Rams had better inside linebackers. E- even one of them, like if you put Corey Littleton in this game, I'm pretty sure that this is a different outcome. Now I'm not going to sit here and say he'd be the only reason why they win, but it, I highly doubt that with Corey Littleton on defense that there would be so much exposure in such awful dink and dunks that you can easily just plan against if you have much better linebackers. And clearly that was one of the reasons. Now I'm not going to bl- blame just the linebackers. There's clearly other reasons why the rams lost this game yeah not not
1: I, for one not a not a phenomenal game by the cornerbacks at least not not their worst no, game but no, it
4: wasn't no there, it wasn't it wasn't a, a great game by the cornerbacks either but i i guarantee you that if you put cory littleton here um i'm pretty sure there is no final drive like that right
1: yeah i, I i'm with you i mean and, and losing kaiser hurts but like I mean, it's not like K- Kaiser was bad in pass defense too. He's certainly better than Reader, yeah. but um, you, you know, <laughs> not that much of
4: it. It's really not. That's the whole point in this, though. You know, this is why it was so crucial for the Rams to go after somebody, and instead we're relying on guys like Troy Reeder to basically help us with anything really but I don't know like for me I just I that was one of the most frustrating aspects of it was just seeing what could be so easily prevented you know just become like impossible to defend against and that's just uh, so frustrating
1: yeah and it it was rough on their first touchdown drive with Debo uh, one of the plays Troy Reader was guarding him. Like, why is he guarding him? I, like, and because I should I should in sh- these guys constantly, but like to give Reader and Kaiser a little credit. I I don't think I would say this about Kenny Young, but you know, on- honestly, like it, Sosa put out a-, a stat about his tackles on Twitter, and it was like a- almost unbelievable how much he's played and how little tackles he has. But Reader and Kaiser, like. They're, I feel like they give 100% every single play they're on the field. They're, they're, they're going after the ball. Uh, whether, I don't know. They're not making every tackle, but like they're at least there. And I'll give them credit for that at least. you know There are athletes in the NFL that get to the NFL or like other sports too and aren't giving 100% on every play um, because they probably feel like they're better than their roles. And I will give those two guys credit. Like They try. Uh, they're just not good at pass coverage at all. And it's something that's gonna that's been exposed and will continue to be exposed unfortunately, we have no no options. We have no other options because we don't have inside linebackers on the fucking team by design. they didn't keep any uh, I mean who who's the next man up if uh if one of these guys gets hurt? Is it someone on the practice squad?
4: uh unless they shift over Justin Hollins to inside linebacker.
1: Yeah, and that that is probably what they would do. But I mean, they even acquired like they acquired him, and we were like, "Oh, they think he could play inside linebacker." And then Brandon Staley was like, "Yeah, we really like him at outside linebacker." It was like, "Oh, great, another li- guy who's not an inside linebacker." <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. I all all things considered, like if we if we get beat in the playoffs, I'm not going to blame it on the deep. I don't think it'll be the defense his fault but there are flaws that being said before we get to the offense hell of a game by john johnson another great game by aaron donald uh the the studs are stepping up and 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 playing well um ramsey was hurt uh probably darius williams worst game of the year but not like you know nothing to feel crazy about jordan fuller had an interception so uh, guys are showing up it's just we know the holes and teams will be able to exploit them
4: yeah, Aaron Donald continues to be Aaron Donald, and man, I, I I made the comment to a couple of my family members when we were watching the game that Aaron Donald looks like he's pissed off out there, and I, I don't blame him because, uh, you know, I, I feel like he did step up quite a bit for for the entire team. And just to sit there and only lose after having an amazing performance like that, I'd be pretty pissed off myself.
1: No, no doubt. And and yeah, he has he has every right to be pissed off. He uh he he, he played out of his mind. Troy Reader had 15 tackles in this game. Interesting. That, that's a lot of tackles. I want to see um how many. Let me let me pull this up real quick as I'm looking. Kenny, Kenny Young played 33 snaps. Um, he's an inside linebacker. Inside linebackers get a lot of tackles. Like I said, uh, Troy Reader had 15 total tackles, 12 solo. Guess how many tackles Kenny Young had in 33 snaps?
4: I'm going to say four. One. One tackle. Holy shit. <laughs> Jeez, I, I thought I was being, I, I thought I was being kind of mean by saying one, four tackles. Holy shit, one tackle—that says a lot.
1: I will. Uh, I want to see. I want to see quick if if uh, I can pull up this this stat because uh, it it was fucking preposterous. And I and it's not going to tell this whole story. Like he's playing a different role than uh than Troy Reader for sure, but um. Yeah, it's, he's, he's been bad. He, he's been really bad. Um, I'll, I'll find it before the end of the show. We, we can't we can't move on from this game without give, give, throwing more shit at Jared Goffman. He was fucking awful. Uh, he deserves to be raked over the coals for this one. Um, so, like, if, if I propose to you this, Johnny, I mean, uh, this is true. The Rams are fourth in the NFL in takeaways. They have 18 takeaways. Their turnover differential is minus one. They have a negative turnover differential, and they are fourth in the NFL in in takeaways. The three teams ahead of them, Miami has a plus six turnover differential. Tampa Bay is a plus four. Pittsburgh is a plus 12. The next uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The next nine teams below us in takeaways also have – Positive turnover differentials, like that is fucking outrageous, man. Like it's outrageous they have eighteen takeaways, but nineteen giveaways, and for total uh, for a minus one turnover differential, ten interceptions. Those are all obviously Jared Goff. Nine fumbles. Those are not all Jared Goff, but a hefty amount of them are. Um, and I know it's, it, turnovers are not the whole story, but uh, you get rid of the three turnovers he had in this game. And he still played really bad. Uh, you take, let's hypothetically take away those three passes. He went 19 to 28 for 198 yards. That's so 6.4 yards per, um, per completion, I think. Oh, sorry. He actually only had uh, two interceptions. I forgot about the fumble. So, I mean, his QBR was 10, which, <laughs> which is so bad. Uh, for reference, Nick Mullins, who did not play a good game either, had a 45.8 QBR, uh, and Jared Goff was a 10.1. I would imagine that's one of the lowest QBRs of his career. I'm going to pull up his game log right now and see if that's his lowest QBR of the season. Nope, he had a 9.8 against Miami, but, uh, Miami where he threw 61 passes. Um, he had many more opportunities in this game to salvage himself than he did in the Miami game, I would say, um, and he just didn't. Man, he wasn't sharp. His he missed some throws. Uh, he missed Daryl Henderson on a wheel route that could have been a touchdown. In um, it, like the the interceptions aside, the fumble was unforgivable. It just fucking slide. Why are you diving forward? Uh, and, and late like the next drive he slid it's just like almost like he wasn't near the first down at all and he was just kind of like oh let me not slide let me just kind of take a hit and he fumbled like guys fumble it's not the end of the world but that fumble was was an unforgivable um and uh can't or nfl research put up a stat today In weeks one through eight before the Rams bye week on play action, Jared Goff was completing 69% of his passes. Um, He had six touchdowns and zero interceptions off of play action, 115 passer rating. In the last three weeks off of play action, 63% of his passes have been completed, no touchdowns, three interceptions, 44.4 passer rating. Uh, the Rams early on in the season they were rolling, uh, or at least the first four weeks. He rolled out 28% of time on play action passes. Since week five, he's rolled out 19% of the, his play action passes. I'm not going to sit here and begin to explain to you why Jared Goff is better on rollouts than in the pocket. I don't have an answer for that. I'm not. That's not my expertise. If you're a long time listener, you know that's not my expertise. But like, it's just. Like it's clear as day that I don't know what has changed this season. And maybe that, that that's part of it for sure. But Jared Goff, he has not gotten better in two years. Uh, he's played a, I don't even know if I'd say he's played a little better this year than he did last year. Uh, there's, there's not really a game you could point to this year beyond I, I guess Buffalo and, and maybe Philly. Um, not even Philly, I would say beyond Buffalo, like, there's not a game that you could point to and say the offense cooked. They were firing on all cylinders, uh, and even Buffalo, they didn't get there till the second half. But like we in the past, like and with Jared Goff, 2018, multiple games you could point to and say Jared Goff led a high-powered offense to a a great either victory or just performance, uh, and he hasn't done that in a long time and it's it's sad man and it's when when things are going like the system quarterback stuff is coming up a lot now and it's looking more and more like it could be true like when things are going well Jared Goff plays well and he's part of the reason why they're going well when he plays well but like when push comes to shove when uh the defense kind of figures you out a little they're not adjusting they're making bad reads they're making he's making bad passes and um like, some stuff have changed from 2018. The offensive line is a little worse, at least in the game where Andrew Whitworth was playing. I don't think it was drastically worse enough this season. Maybe it was last season to, like, account for that big of a l- drop in just performance. Uh, I don't think not having Todd Gurley is what it's accounting for that. It could be. You know, maybe this, maybe he was better than, than we gave him credit for. And we gave him a lot of credit during those seasons. But it, this was just, fu- he was fucking terrible, man. It was just an awful game. Uh, and Sean McVay deserves slack for his coaching decisions. Obviously, the last drive where he threw the ball five times in a row and punted, uh, was inexplicable. His timeout usage in this game, not great, especially on that last San Francisco drive, although it wouldn't have ended up, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, his timeout uses there, but man, got golf deserves to be dragged for this. And I- I'm glad he is getting dragged by Rams fans.
4: Oh, it's definitely well-deserved. I, I, I don't think there's any, any uh, one out there that can sit there and say that golf deserves, you know, um, golf deserves to, uh, have a pass in this game because that, I mean, yeah, he didn't pass in the the actual game, so he doesn't deserve a pass right now. The, uh, The overall problem here is that Goff isn't improving. And when you have a guy that has the tools that Goff has, you expect him to continue to improve. It's not like the offense... Isn't a good offense. Maybe it's not as good as we hoped it would be, particularly with the offensive line. But despite all of that, it's good enough to the point where Goff should be able to have himself at least a decent season. And so far, you could make the argument that he might even be worse than last season he didn't start off that way um you know the for the season he he wasn't that bad but as the season continues to progress he continues to decline and it's not gonna get any easier you know we have a really tough Arizona Cardinals uh defense coming up they their quick defense as well I'm sure. They're taking a look at the 49ers uh, victory and looking to challenge Jared Goff as much as possible. I certainly would look to exploit Jared Goff even more because clearly he has become one of the weakest points of this offense, and that's not good considering that he was supposed to be a franchise quarterback. You know, there was so much investment in this quarterback. And for him to just continuously make poor decisions. And I think that's the biggest thing for everyone here. It's one thing where you have um, unfortunate interceptions. Because, hey, sometimes there are just really talented uh, defensive players out there. But not once in this game could you actually sit there and say that the defense really took golf out of his element, you know, because he was never really in it. He, (laughs) he was essentially the biggest problem because of his poor decision-making all, all he had to do was like you said, instead of diving for what purpose I'm still not sure of, he could have slid. He could have avoided a turnover Maybe even, you know, extended the drive. You never know. Instead of throwing a shit pass to Richard Sherman, you know, there's... Yeah, man. Uh, That one was brutal. I I almost forgot about that one. Oh, my God. If Richard Sherman had never had an easier interception in his career, it, it was... I mean, you sit there and you see a Richard Sherman interception and you assume, oh, it's just, you know, Richard Sherman... being the excellent cornerback he had that that he's been throughout his career. That wasn't the case. It was just a terrible fucking pass. And for that reason, it's become the most frustrating aspect of dealing with Jared Goff because I don't see him getting any better. And we still have him locked in for, uh, what, at least three more years, right? I, th- I
1: think so. Yeah, I don't think they can get out of his contract until 2022. I think I saw I I don't take that to the bank. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw the other day. I I mean, yeah, man, he's you know, you have your frustrations with Sean McVay, but um, you know, win-loss record for a coach, I think speaks more volumes than any other player position uh anything like that and and he's he's won a lot of games, man. Uh, one thing the Rams used to never do is win the games that they're supposed to win. And, uh, outside of like games like this, the Rams usually do win those games under Sean McVay. But yeah, in like you're right, it, Jared Goff started the year great Th- through his first seven games of the year 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. He had two fumbles, but he didn't lose either of them. Uh, ran for two touchdowns as well, completed 67% of his passes. Um, passer rating of 102 in those games. Then you look at you look at the last 4 games. He, I said passer rating of 102. His passer rating in these games has been 79.7%. 4 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 10 total turnovers in the last 4 games, and keep in mind that he didn't have a turnover against Seattle. So, okay, sorry, he had one. I lied. Um he had three turnovers this game, two against Tampa Bay, a turnover against Seattle, and four turnovers against Miami, which obviously, like, you know, like that, that was something else. Just, yeah, man, he's not getting better, which is, which is really the biggest concern. And he's, he, you're right, he might be playing worse than last year. I mean, at least, it's a little recency biased because of the last four games, but, um, the same problems that we had in the last year are coming back up hard in these last four games. And like, I, I don't know, like he's our guy. He's going to be our guy. I don't know if you should bench him. I know some people were calling to bench him in that game. And uh, just, I don't think John Wolford's better, but like, even if you have all this money in him man, they, they got to bring in some competition for him next year. If this is not get better this year, You you have to, like you, you have to, uh, because this is unacceptable.
4: I I kind of like John Wolford though. He's not the worst. <laughs> like,
1: I mean, I don't know. We haven't really seen anything. Um, he certainly played better Blake. in preseasons than Sean Mannion did, uh, my guy there. But or Blake, that Yeah, but I mean, Blake Bortles at least, like you know, he's proven something. Although I don't, he's he's not the answer either. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, (laughs) hey, hey, former AFC Championship quarterback Blake Bortles. Uh,
4: Oh, wow. (laughs) Steve, there is one silver lining in this game, though. I hope you're going to say. I'll go for it. (laughs) Goff wasn't the worst quarterback in the league this week.
1: Who who am I? Carson Wentz?
4: No, actually no, but that's a good point too.
1: Uh, who who am I missing? Kyler? Uh, no, but also that's another bad. good point. We'll probably. get to Kyler later. <laughs> who, who am I missing? Oh, Derek Kendall, Derek Carr. Oh, Kendall Hinton. Jesus, there's a lot Kendall of bad Hinton. fucking quarterbacks Hinton.
4: this week. You you know the the world famous Kendall Hinton the one that was a wide receiver on a practice squad before he actually became a quarterback.
1: Can I just say, man, like, and I I talked about this (laughs) earlier in the season, like the fact that the NFL's plan to handle COVID was just hoping there were no problems is the most in what has been one of the craziest years ever is one of the fucking craziest things that we've seen all year. Like, how do you not have a single contingency plan? Like, uh, the two games that got postponed, they lucked out with the Tennessee game that, like, the stars align with bye weeks. And um, the the next one, they, they maneuvered, like, I feel like they maneuvered, like, eight games around the schedule when uh the New England game got postponed. But, like, what the fuck are they doing this week, dude? The game, I guess today, is the day the podcast is coming out uh when the Ravens are playing at 1240 West Coast time against the Steelers, that game should not be being played this week. Like, there should be a contingency plan where they could be like, okay, well, this is insane. We can't play this game. And probably the same thing should happen with the Denver game, which they just let happen, I think, because Denver sucks, and they're like, well, I guess it doesn't matter. Like, like you're going to tell me, man, if, uh, if that happened, like, what, 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 was, what, would, what, what was the biggest matchup this week? Um, besides the Baltimore game, like I'm, I'm trying to look. Like you're gonna tell me uh-huh. if, like Tennessee, Indy, probably.
4: Yeah, I guess that would be the. No, biggest here matchup. you go.
1: If if the entire Chiefs quarterback room got had a COVID scare, no fucking shot they play, dude. No shot that they're like, oh well we're going to have Sammy Watkins play quarterback against Tom Brady. No shot okay. that happens. Absolutely no way. Like
4: like that was, like that's not crazy
1: to say, right?
4: Well, it's better than Kendall Hinton.
1: Yeah, but I think it like I think De- like Denver has every right to be mad because like there's no way if that was um another game that that would be happening. And honestly, if it was the other way around and Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston had a COVID scare, I don't know if they would have played the game. I think they were just like, Denver is going to lose anyways. Uh, who fucking cares if Jeff Ripon or whatever his fucking name is, is uh, is not playing. Like, and just, I can't believe they're actually playing this Ravens game tomorrow. I mean, I know, like, like it's, pro- it's probably safe to play, but they just keep pushing. Like, the fact that they didn't cancel it when they had a legitimate outbreak is is fucking wild. How is there no contingent? How did they not have a plan for any of this?
4: Well, they got lucky so far, so I think they assumed, well, maybe our luck will continue, and unfortunately, it hasn't,
1: yeah, it's but like they shouldn't like there should have been a plan before the season started. like they should have expected games to get fucked up. Um, I mean, the hope like, like I think the way th- this thing is going like this is almost as good as you could have hoped for as far as like a lack of outbreaks we've had two real outbreaks among teams uh so like there should have been a plan for this I-, I i truly don't i don't understand how there's no plan um anyways we are not a, a covid or she- nfl shield podcast here um before we move on from san francisco big shout out to matt gay man that's all I got. It feels great. He can kick. He can make field goals. I love it.
4: He makes extra points.
1: He makes extra points. You're not sweating when he lines up to kick. Um, it, it feels great. Great job by him. Uh, one of the MVPs of this game. I do because I feel like it's very on brand for this podcast. We have to talk about Debo, Debo Samuels Aaron Donald Tweet. So for those out of the loop, um, I think, and Johnny, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't have this all – down to a science here Aaron Donald said he didn't know who Debo Samuel is right and Debo's kind of been he, he's trolled him twice this year this week after they won the game uh he tweeted the clip the one of my favorite gifs ever of Aaron Donald just slamming his helmet against the 49ers four years ago with two crying emojis A lot of, like, people on Rand's Twitter, like, got pissed off about this. They're like, what a clown, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, he shouldn't be doing this. Like, I don't know. Like, they're taking it really personally. Like, for me, Johnny, if, like, hypothetically, like, if Richard Sherman said this about, I don't know, Daryl Henderson, and then Daryl Henderson ran for 150 yards and, like, tweeted a picture of Richard Sherman getting dunked on or something— And we'd be cracking up. We would love it. It would be like a five-minute topic on the podcast, how much we love Daryl Henderson. Uh, I know Debo's not on our team, but he had 130 yards. They won the game. I respect the shit out of his pettiness here. Uh, I love it. I want more of this across the league, if we're being honest. Um, If you can dish it, you got to take it. I don't know if he could take it, but uh, Aaron Donald says something like that they lose a the game. Look, I mean, I he's I doubt he's losing sleep over sleep over this tweet uh more than anything that happened in this game. I thought it was funny. Uh I respect I I love just like uh the 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 grudge holding and the pettiness of something like this. It's the division rivalry, man. I'm I'm having fun. Uh, well, I'm not having fun. I'm having a fucking miserable time, but I'd imagine I'd be having a blast if he was on my team.
4: Uh I mean, I, I don't see why you'd be upset over it just because, you know, hey, he he they got the win. It doesn't really matter necessarily um, what you feel about Debo or whatever. He had himself a game. And while uh, I kind of discussed with this with uh, Steve, I don't think that he had as meaningful of a game as he was given credit for. Um, yeah, yeah, he had, I, he had some, impress- I don't agree he had with some, that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. He had impressive stats. I'm not going to take that away from him, but what I'm saying is did it really amount to much? I really don't think it did. Johnny
1: name, name one other player on the San Francisco offense that you thought had a good
4: game. Well, that's my point. That's exactly my point is that, they didn't really do much. It was Besides really him. the Rams'
0: poor offense.
4: Well, yeah, that's that's why. Even he didn't even score a touchdown. <laughs> he had like now, half their yards. I I'm not taking that away from him. I'm just saying that's how piss poor the Rams' offense played. It carried over. I mean, <laughs>
0: didn't it. Even score. it be-
1: It'd be different if like Richie James tweeted this, dude. Like Debo had a day. I feel like any time he touched the ball, he was gonna he was gonna go far.
4: He, I'm, I'm not denying it. He had a good game. I just don't think it contributed much.
1: But like, but they, they scored 16 points as an offense. Like, he was hey. the only one. He was the only one that contributed to those 16 points. I feel like
4: that's true. I'll give him that much.
1: <laughs> i don't know man <laughs> i i don't i don't agree with this take at all
4: i i don't know it, it, for me it just it, it was really he he had a good game um i still don't think that aaron donald like you said is going to lose any sleep over it um personally debo hey hats off to him him and the 49ers won but uh yeah i i Still don't think it was really, he was one of the main factors. I feel like it was more, the Rams were the main factors in this loss. That's basically how I'm viewing it.
1: Uh, Yeah, agreed. But, like, if you point to the people that won this game for the 49ers on their end, the first person you're going to point to is uh, their defensive coordinator, and the second player you're going to point to is probably Debo. Jared Goff? I mean, I mean, i there. I don't know, man. I I don't agree at all. He had a good the
4: first game. Player I'm crediting for the 49ers' victory is Jared Goff.
1: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> a- anywho, uh, yeah. <laughs> let let us know on Twitter what your thoughts on the TPO thing were. I would love to hear them. Uh, at Steve at Johnny Five Nine Six, at Talk Rams. Uh, let's let's talk a little about the Cardinals before we wrap up. So, like, a good thing about, like, this week, beyond us losing, is that, like, the Cardinals awful also uh, suffered a pretty embarrassing loss behind an awful game from their franchise quarterback uh, and an awful game from their coach. Uh, they lost to—
4: Maybe you did that on purpose. <laughs> did what? <laughs> You're like in other news, the Arizona Cardinals awful. <laughs> the awful like, Cardinals. That was perfect. I hope you did that purposely. Uh,
1: I actually didn't, but I, I might act like I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you look at the box score of this game. Cam Newton went nine for eighteen for eighty-four yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, was sacked three times, in a victory. Yeah. The- I- their leading rusher had 47 yards, so it's not like they trampled them on the ground. Now, they had 110 total as a team, but, um, I mean, like, probably similar to our game this week. Like, it, this is a game where the offense, the Arizona offense just did not do enough to win. I mean, the only player, like, you look at the box score, and, and I watch the tape, albeit not, like, super intensely. Uh, Kenyon and Drake was their best player on offense, and if that happens, things are, probably went poorly. your offense yeah
4: very much so
1: (laughs) drake who um who has been a little better in the last couple games after like a really horrifying start to the year um the last the last two weeks he he has been okay last last three weeks actually um but like so they're six and five divisional game obviously i don't think that rams cardinals games have the intensity that like Rams Seahawks and certainly not Rams 49ers games have, but uh, it, it, they're an up and down team. They've, they've had a lot of games that they won that they probably should have lost and games they lost that they should have won. I mean, like you look at their win, they, they did beat San Francisco in week one, um, went, which was a huge win at the time because San Francisco was coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, they beat Seattle, they beat Buffalo. Um, but then you look at their losses, they lost to the Lions, they lost to the Panthers, they lost to the, the Patriots this week, uh, lost to the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. They, they are interesting and I'm curious about this game because it is two teams that have had like wild, like wild shifts in how good they are week to week between the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, I think Kyler Murray's really good. He didn't look good in this game, um, but I think it's an outlier and not the, you know the norm. Offensively, they're second in yards, fourth in rushing. Uh, a lot of that is to Kyle's credit because their running backs are not great. Uh, eighth in points. Defensively, they're they're middle of the pack. Not not great, not terrible. So I mean, it it's tough to gauge how to feel out this game, man. I mean, the good news, like if they came out and routed the Patriots last week, I might be picking against the Rams this week after what we saw. Uh, I mean, I I, I I'm obviously biased because I feel like we pick the Rams 95% of the time. But uh, I, I feel okay going into this game, like, as good as I could after this 49ers game. It's The concerns are there, but luckily, at least in this game, like, you've got concerns on both teams. Uh, and a lot of the same concern. well I, I'm not as concerned about Kyler as I am about Gop. But, I mean, coaching-wise, uh, a lot of the same concerns. <laughs>
4: I'll take McVeigh. that's for sure yeah Over. yeah agreed
1: it's uh it's like it's like varying like I think Kyler is a better quarterback than Goff and I think McVeigh is a better quarter coach than Kingsbury
4: Steve you brought up a good point it's slightly off topic but I'm gonna say it anyway you brought up a good point about one very interesting thing that's Who is actually the biggest burning rival of the Arizona Cardinals? I I, I don't don't know. I I thought about that for a second. I'm like, I don't know if
1: they have one. Our our division's weird because like um they used to be before the Texans joined the league, weren't they in the for whatever reason? Weren't they in the NFC East?
4: Were they really?
1: Um. I'm going to well, look like this up. The Cardinals. Yeah. I, I feel I, this might not be true. Let um, I me mean, look this up, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird too, because Seattle wasn't always in our, they, they joined the, they switched conferences. Um, yeah. They, they used to be in the AFC. Uh, but like, Things got real intense real quick between the three of us, at least. And Arizona do it. But I don't know. They're You're right. I don't know who their, their
4: fiercest rival would be. Might be the Texans now? <laughs> it, it might be. It, it, I mean, really, it's more so than even the NFC West teams. Because I, I don't really feel like the Cardinals... Like, I it does not feel like a legitimate rivalry game whenever we play the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals haven't been a very good team for a long time. This is a much better Cardinals team than what we are used to seeing. But that being said, you know, it never, ever felt like a close rivalry game, ever.
1: Well, I think, too, which probably has contributed to that. So I was actually right. They were in the NFC East. Uh, which is funny because, like, when realignment happened, um, so basically, for those out of the know, there were three divisions, East, Central, and West. The NFC East was the current NFC East and the Cardinals. They just moved them out. The NFC Central was the current NFC North, and they moved out Tampa Bay. And then the West was Rams, 49ers, Falcons, Saints, Panthers. Obviously, Three of those teams just dipped to the NFC South, and then us two stayed. They moved Seattle um, out of the AFC West, which is the current AFC West plus Seattle. So, yeah, it's it's weird because, I mean, when, like, it, it all depends on when teams are good because, truthfully, like, I I guess this is probably the closest since the Cardinals joined the division that they we've been talent-wise the entire time because when they were good we were bad and when we were good they were bad um because they were really good i mean they made a super bowl since they moved to our division uh that's true yeah only division in the nfl uh since realignment that has sent all four teams to the super bowl just throwing that out there that is that is a true fact um yeah, so I don't, I don't know. It, it's been weird. I mean, maybe they maybe Seattle feels differently by Arizona. I'd probably say they're their biggest rival in the division, but it, it is weird. Uh, and I mean, because like, when when I was a kid and I started following the Rams, I remember I, I thought the Saints were our biggest rival. Uh, I know now that it's always been San Francisco, but um, the Saints were good in the early 2000s, and we were good, and we had some intense games when we were in the same division.
4: Oh, I mean, you're not wrong. There was there was a time where the Saints and the Rams were pretty big rivals. And we still fucking hate them, by the way. Yep, yeah, yeah, we still do. Um, not more than Steve. I mean, Steve's kind of a special case. But, um, yeah, the, the Saints were a pretty big rival of the Rams. I wouldn't say it was ever bigger than the 49ers rivalry, but it was up there. Uh, I would say at one point it was they were definitely the number two biggest rivals. Uh, I don't know so much anymore, but you could probably make an argument top five rival.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean this game. I I feel as good as I can. Uh, I am interested to see Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey, which is always a a big deal. Uh, it's kind of funny that they're still in the same division. Uh which they obviously used to be in the AFC South uh first game since they played against each other since Ramsey moved to the Rams. And obviously Hopkins moved to the Cardinals. Or nothing. Yeah. I'm uh Arizona's defense is, is good. But, like, not good enough to where. I mean, they are good enough to stop this fucking shit show of a Rams offense, but, like, not good enough to where if the Rams were to rebound, like, it could theoretically be in this game. And I'll be honest, Johnny, I don't think the Patriots are good, but if the Rams don't have a good offensive performance in this game, uh, and I will pick the Rams in this game, I think I'm going to pick them like 20, 26 to 17. Uh, I'll take the Rams here. At home, I feel okay. But, like, if the offense shits the bed, there's a 0% chance I would pick them to beat Bill Belichick next week. I don't care if the Patriots' entire quarterback room gets has a COVID scare like Denver did and they start Julian Edelman. I still think we would lose if the offense has a bad game this week.
4: Edelman is the Rams' kryptonite anyway, so... <laughs>
1: Well, we would give them the game because we would do literally nothing offensively. Because, like, if we can't get right – and, like, I don't need 500 yards and seven touchdowns from Jared Goff. Like, just look efficient. Don't turn the ball over. Uh, and ha- and call good plays and run a, run a good offense. It doesn't have to be great. Like, we don't need this offense to be great, which is really the most frustrating part of this whole season is, like, we don't need – the twenty eighteen Rams offense. We just need them to be good. And a lot of times this year they haven't been good, which has like been very frustrating. We've we've won some games in spite of them. Uh, I mean like like truly, you, you look at you look at some of the games we've won, I mean, we didn't win the Giants game because of them, certainly. We didn't win the Washington game because of them. Probably didn't wear the Bears game because of them. We definitely didn't win the Seattle game because of them. Um, it's 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 been tough, man. It's been a tough look. Uh, it's really concerning, and that Patriots game is as trappy as any game's gonna come because every Bill Belichick disciple uh, does well against us, and we know Bill Belichick does well against us based on that Super Bowl game. So, uh, we got to get right a little bit, or else like losses might start to pile up. Luckily, we have the Jets at least.
4: You know, the sad thing is you're absolutely right, and I was almost going to make a joke about Matt Patricia, but even he actually had some mild success he against did. the Rams.
1: Mild they lost, but, like, not because of their defense. Like, yeah, he did. Uh, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. Why am I saying Todd Bowles? What's the name of the um, Dolphins coach? Well, oh,
4: Ah oh, damn! It's Brian Flores. There we go. Brian
1: Flores has had a success against us. Um, all of the Belichick disciples, I feel like they've like had us figured out. Uh, which is very unfortunate because there's a lot of them.
4: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, um, at least in this game, as far as I know, anyway, there is no Belichick uh, protege here. So. I'm gonna give it to the Rams. I think that the Rams will bounce back. Will it be an epic bounce back? Probably not. I don't expect them to uh, revive the 2018 Rams. I, I, or at least the 2018 Rams offense. Um, that being said, I think it'll be a good win. I mean, any win against the, you know, against the division is a good win in my opinion. So this game, I'm going to give it to the Rams 24-14. And um, I'm going to say that the biggest portion of this win will probably be defensively.
1: Yeah, you got to hope. Uh, you take you take care of Hopkins, you feel good. Although they have other options, especially if Larry Fitz is back. Not that he's you know peak Larry Fitz, but he's still a decent player. Christian Kirk's a decent player. Kenyon Drake's a decent player. Kyler Murray's yeah. a good player um they have a lot of like they just have a lot of like guy like they're kind of like us man like um we obviously don't have DeAndre hopkins but like beyond hopkins and murray like there's just a lot of guys on that offense that are like can play um like they're pretty deep in that regard andy isabella is okay um like they they have a they have depth at, at both running back and receiver of just like usable guys All right. Well, I I, thought I might have had some other thoughts, but we're pretty deep into this, so let's wrap it up. You got you got any thoughts here, Johnny?
4: Uh, Goff, please don't show up as Jared Goof. Yeah, this was, I, this I love Jared peak Goff. Jared Goof. It, when when I see Jared Goff on the field, I, I'm happy. I'm like, this is who we paid for. When I see Jared Goof, I just I just want to call for John Wolford. <laughs> And I think, I think we all feel that way in some regard, you know, obviously I'm being a little facetious here. Oh God, I can't even talk facetious, but, um, yeah, I I just, I I can't handle another week seeing Jared goof. Bring back Jared Goff, please.
1: Like, honestly, like I, I wasn't sitting there. Like, I didn't think they should have benched Jared Goff in that game, but like. If if after that pick six, if I saw John Wolfer trotting on the field, like, I wouldn't have really reacted to it. Like, I would not have been like, this is so fucking stupid, which, like, is insane to say. Like, <laughs> I really would have been like, okay, sure. Can't get worse.
4: I, I know you were calling for your boy Austin Davis, but... Uh... <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> man, I really hope it gets better for
1: Goff, man. It sucks. With, like, I don't know. Makes me want a new quarterback, but it's easier said than done. And the good news is, it, like like we mentioned, man, you mentioned uh, Kendall Hinton was the worst quarterback of the week. Derek Carr sucked. Carson Wentz sucked. Uh, our boy Taysom Hill sucked. Lucked out because he got to play fucking Kendall Hinton. What a fucking <laughs> joke.
4: Cam like, Newton sucked.
1: Cam Newton sucked. Kyler Murray sucked. <laughs> Uh, Nick Mullins sucked a lot of a lot of shitty quarterback
4: play this week uh you know who didn't suck Mahomes. Desha-
1: Mahomes didn't suck Deshaun Watson didn't suck uh yeah Mahomes did not sink all right uh we will be back next week hopefully not in full meltdown mode and coming off a rams victory Uh, follow us on twitter at johnny5not6 at steve Ribeiro, at talk rams and we'll talk to them
4: tell sean payton keep talking that we're gonna see him soon you feel me